There's four investment strategies in the stock market. There's value investing, growth stock investing, uh, dividend investing, and speculative investing. And what Ticker does is it focuses on value investing. A lot of the billionaires we respect, they they reach their millions through value investing. They didn't gamble and win big. It's the consistent returns, high returns over time. And compound interest is just incredibly powerful. It's just once you start using it in your favor, as opposed to most Americans are fighting it with credit card debt, but if you've got interest in your favor, your game changes. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 197 with the founder of Ticker.pro, Sean Tepper. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, connector of amazing people and great ideas. And joining me as co-host is Andy Dix, coach for executives, founders, idealists, and the social entrepreneurs. Of course, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. So if there was something that 2020 actually did positively... It was illustrate that there's money to be made in the stock market. And for those of us who have had Tesla stock this last year or so, it's been a heck of a ride. And more recently, GameStop has made the news simply because a whole bunch of folks got together and, and pumped the stock. And as of this publishing, they continue to pump the stock on a regular going basis. And interestingly enough, though, neither one of these activities is the norm. And in fact, There's much more traditional ways to make income with the market. Uh, We first learned of some of the possibilities that the market can provide uh, back in session 182 with Jason Brown. And while he did a great job in sharing what was in fact possible at the time, I wasn't quite sure how to do what he was talking about. However, since then, I've learned that many of those that make great returns on the market usually have access to some sort of software that makes the decisions for them or or a hedge fund that does. And in this session, Sean breaks that norm with his new SaaS platform, Ticker, spelled T-Y-K-R. More specifically, we'll be learning where the motivation came from to build something like Ticker, what some of the key functions of the platform are, and what we can expect from listening to his podcast called Payback Time. But before we get to that, I want to share something I've recently learned about Fizzle, actually a few things. Uh, so you guys know I've been sharing Fizzle ever since I started the show, and it really did help me get the show off the ground, and it has been a great resource for me over the years, including uh, where I met Veronica. Uh, that said, it hasn't really changed all that much during that time. And however, as of the session, it's, it, that's changed. In fact, last Friday, I got an email from Corbett sharing the changes for the platform. Notably, uh, there's a few points to share. Uh, First of all, Fizzle Fridays, which once were coaching sessions or co-working sessions, are now going to include varied kinds of uh, weekly live events, workshops, QAs, and more. Uh, Another thing is that pricing for Fizzle membership will be changing in July. However, if you get started before then, you'll be locked into whatever price point that you get started with. And in fact, right now, I think you can get started for $239 a year, if I do my math right, which is... Yeah, 50% off the, the current monthly price of 39 bucks a month. In July, I think we're talking about maybe looking at a difference of 60% based on the new prices if he was to go like to 49 bucks per month. So might want to lock in now uh, if it pricing is a concern. And then a third thing that Corbett shared was 
that they're actually doing a complete redesign on the site. And in fact, it's already done. It's much more streamlined now and everything can be reached really straight from the dashboard that you log into. Uh, he's also said that there's a lots of new courses and content in the works. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming down the pipe. So lots of good stuff there. And if you guys are want to capitalize on this rejuvenation of the platform, you can do so by visiting newinceptions.com slash fizzle. That's newinceptions.com slash F-I-Z-Z-L-E. Before we get started, remember you too can get in on this conversation, share with us on social media some of the thoughts this session's interview stirs up with you. Uh, also, be sure to leave a comment on whatever you're listening to the show on. In fact, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll be sure to read it in an upcoming session. It's a great way for you to get involved and help others find the show. And uh, while you're at it, share this episode to someone that you think will learn a, a thing or two from it. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll actually appreciate that you did. Also, remember, if you need help in scaling your business, drop us a message at heyguys at newinceptions.com with any of your questions. Whether you need advice or a strategic introduction to other amazing people, we love to help our listeners in any way that we can. Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 197. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Ladies and gentlemen, this is J.C. Preston and Andy Dix, coach of Executives, Founders, and Idealists, and also host of the Hopeful Hoosier podcast. Andy, how you doing? J.C., it's great to be with you again. Uh, I am uh, actually really kind of uh, having to thank you in uh, something that you've done for me in the past two years, and I really didn't know how valuable it was until this week. Are you intrigued? I am intrigued. Well, well, thank you for helping me put together <laughs> the little presentation um, that we did a couple of years ago called How to Have a Conversation with Anyone. And I've had several coaching clients in the last week really get concerned about going back into the face-to-face -face world and starting some cautious networking and maybe attending a, a conference in real life as opposed to Zoom. And mm. everybody is very rusty with their conversation skills because we, we've just not been doing it. And so I've, <laughs> I dusted off uh, that little presentation that you helped me create and people yeah, are yeah. loving it. So I tell you what, uh, I, we will post a link to that presentation where listeners can download it if they are needing a refresher and a little framework that we called a focus on how to have a great conversation with anyone. And thank you for helping me with that. That It really turned out to be a value. Who knew? Well, and you know, the thing is, is that here we are still in, in January. And uh, yeah, the pandemic hasn't gone anywhere. But, you know, that that's really not stopping people from starting to kind of get antsy and starting to do things and being like, screw it. I'm just going to go out and do things. Um, and one of those things I, I've noticed is that people, while they're not getting together in, in larger groups, even though you could say, you know, I've been watching the NFL playoffs this past week, and man, the, the, I was very surprised to see how many people were in the stands over the weekend. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just mm, okay. In the in the rest of the world, people are starting to have lunches together yeah, that they haven't seen for. Uh, yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, you know, it, it haven't being able to to strike up conversation again just uh, out of the blue with someone that you don't know. Um, there's definitely a lot of people that haven't had the opportunity to have. Zoom networking meetings, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that that's proven to be a little bit of value and service to people. Yeah, I, I think that if you are already an introvert, this has just fed this uh, yeah. trait very, very strong, and it's going to be really hard to kind of get yourself out there again, and this little focus framework is just a simple way to, to be able to strike up a nice conversation that's going to avoid any potentially detrimental topics that's going to get you sideways with somebody and safe topics, easy questions to remember. And it, it's just a nice way to, to have a conversation with literally anybody and who knows where it could go. So we'll let people download that, see for themselves. Yep. That'll definitely be in the show notes, but yeah, as we're recording this, as I said, it is a uh, late part of January, 2021, uh, lots of things going on in the world, including unfortunately, uh, again, still the pandemic. But one thing a lot of people have been talking about is this ongoing event this last week that a forum on, on Reddit started called uh, the Wall, Wall Street Bets. 
And what they've done is formed a, a group of, of Reddit users who have banded together to buy certain stocks and increase their value. And these particular stocks are some of the ones that at one point might have been good buys, but they're pretty close to bottoming out due to the current state of the world and really what's popular. Um, some of these include GameStop, AMC Cinemas, and BlackBerry. So uh, needless to say, stocks are certainly on the radar for a lot of people who don't regularly pay attention to them. However, there's been a few stocks recently that have been making news of their own over the last couple of years, one of which is Tesla. Uh, I bought some of that stock a few years back, and from my couple thousand dollar investment over a little bit of time, I'm now seeing numbers around 100,000 for uh, just those stocks alone. Uh, ideally, I'd, it'd be nice to be, you know, it'd be nice if there was a tool that would allow average Joe investors to know uh, what stocks like this were available on a quote unquote sale price. Uh, because definitely when I got involved with Tesla, you could say it's on sale. Uh, and today I'm proud to say that our guest might just actually be able to help with uh, giving some folks some good insight that's not just a whole bunch of people on the internet saying bye, 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 bye. Uh, today we're speaking with Sean Tepper, founder of Ticker, which can be found at ticker.pro and host of his podcast called Payback Time at paybacktime.pro. Sean, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey guys, good to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, certainly. And like I said, it's, it's kind of timely because again, people are just like, I think part of the reason why so many people are buying right now, I think half of it is because, yeah, they're trying to get back to the man, so to speak, the the hedge fund people. But at the same time, they know that it's going to raise because everybody is buying it, right? And so there's people that could easily, if they were on the front end of that wave, you know, they could be overnight millionaires right now if they had enough money to put in when everybody said that they were going to be buying into a GameStop. So... Interesting stuff. So, Sean, let's uh, talk about your background a bit. As I understand it, before you started Ticker, uh, you were a traditional business owner who ended up becoming an angel investor. And in 2011, uh, you started investing in tech startups part-time while still working as an IT manager full-time. And then while you were able to generate some residual income through angel investing, you weren't really able to get to that level of selling a you know, that tech startup for a couple million dollars. Um, So so after stepping back in 2016, uh, you made a few realizations, one being that, you know, stock market investors make great annual returns, sometimes as high as 50% consistently, right? And then you also realize that those same investors don't guess, you know, they have access to tools and knowledge of the market that most of the population really doesn't. So in a couple of years time, uh, it would seem that you've figured out what those investors know as your own returns are now between 15 and 50 percent. And, um, you know, the thing is, is that traditional advice from everyone's favorite passive income resource, Robert Kiyosaki, is that stocks and ETFs aren't predictable. And that's why he's historically stayed away from them and invested in, in real estate. Let's face it. I mean, that's that's his thing. However, he has featured some people like you've mentioned, that have proprietary tools which suggest that what they do is definitely reproducible. So it sounds like Ticker actually does that for its users in its own right. So first of all, why did you go the stock market route versus say the traditional real estate route, quote unquote traditional? So I, my background is, is not in real estate and I always had an interest in obviously, you know, investing in businesses as opposed to real estate. I still think real estate investing is great, but um, you know, the, like you said, the angel investing route wasn't working, wasn't making the consistent returns. Never had that big win, <laughs> you know, that ten x multiple mm-hmm. you, know, you aim for, and and that's why I turned to the next closest uh, pivot was to the stock market. I can still invest in businesses, but the big difference is public businesses have historical data. And I knew, mm. I just knew that the guys we all know and respect, like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, my mentor is Phil Town, um, they make consistent returns, like you said, between 15 and 50%. Even Warren Buffett has stated that he, if he was just managing a few million dollars, he could consist, consistently make 50%. And I thought that was amazing. And I'm like, okay, if it's consistent, you're not guessing, right? You're not 
It's not going right. to the casino and putting your chips on black. There's a method there. And I just, my background is software engineering, as you alluded to. I primarily served as a project manager, uh, but been doing that 15 years. And we make decisions based on logic. It's a lot of math, a lot of Excel. Yeah. 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 So obviously, I mean, it was a good fit because, again, you're just like looking more at it from an engineer perspective as opposed to, you know, traditional well, these are, you know, I think a lot of people that do real estate have that business mindset kind of already there that, you know, this is, these are the things that you need to look out at, you know, is this area growing is blah, 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 where again, you're looking at the data stuff, right? right? So makes sense. Um, You know, personally for me, as I alluded to in, in the monologue is that I'm kind of really excited about my my Tesla investment, but I, I I don't see myself selling any shares anytime soon. And even if it drops, I'll probably try to buy more because I I feel I know where Elon's vision is is taking it, and there's the potential for multiple uh, income streams there for the company. Right from that standpoint, I'm not really receiving income from holding that stock though. So my my next question is how can playing the stock market actually yield passive income? I mean, are we talking like strictly dividend stocks or, or, or what? Compared to real estate, you're right. Real estate produces ongoing cash flow. And you know, whether it's rent or, or however you're, you're generating your income, but with stocks, it's, it's the compounding interest, or, you know, compounding momentum, I call it, into the stock itself over mm-hmm. time. And when you get mm-hmm. to a certain dollar amount, you guys, I don't know if you ever heard of the 4% rule, but if you can withdraw 4% or less, um, and if you make 6%, that means your account is always growing. Um, so whatever you mm-hmm. use to invest, whether it's, I, I use TD Ameritrade and, and TD Ameritrade, uh, E-Trade and Robinhood seem to, seem to be the most popular platforms in the US. Um, keep your money there and only withdraw what you need but let that keep compounding. Like for your example, what I would do is keep your stock in Tesla. And then as your account mm-hmm. is big enough, just withdraw what, uh, what you want and, and just let it build until, until whatever age you want. Because of course, as, as we know, if you were to withdraw, like let's say you built it up to a million dollars and withdrew that money, you're going to pay hefty fee in taxes. Mm-hmm. Right? You only want to mm-hmm. withdraw what you need every month. So, so it's really up to you if you want to take the cash or if you just want to keep letting it build into itself. Gotcha. Uh, based on what you know now with the the success that you've had with with TKR, and we'll get into what you know how you started mm-hmm. it and build it and all that here soon. What's some advice you've heard in the entrepreneurial space you feel simply doesn't work for everyone now that you've had that journey of yours? Oh, I'm very much anti-hustle. <laughs> I hear guys out there like Gary Vee, and I respect what he's done, but hustle's been this coined phrase for years is you got you to gotta go heads down and, and work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and just put in, put in the time. And uh, in the world of software engineering, if you, if you really uh, practice what you preach, you automate things, you automate systems and processes, and you find out what really moves the, the needle of business, you don't need to be putting in 60 hours a week. I mean, a straight 40 tech startup, you should be fine, but you better be making the right moves on the chessboard. Um, and sometimes that takes a few failures to get there. But um, I fortunately, I've had a few failures before, so I know like the moves you make are just very straightforward. You, I, I don't invest a whole lot of time. How much time would you say that you actually do invest? Regularly? I'm about uh, on ticker. I'm about um, probably 40, I'd say. It's still tech startup, okay. but I put in about 40 hours a week. Cool. Wow. Nice. Tell me a little bit, Sean, if, if I've never seen ticker before, mm-hmm. how do I find it and what are the key features sure. that I would see? Yeah, so ticker is found at tykr.pro. The .com was taken, and it's there's nothing there. I think somebody's squatting on the URL. They're probably trying to sell it to me someday, but <laughs> you can go to ticker.pro. <laughs> and ticker is classified as what's called a stock screener, which means it finds good investments and helps you avoid bad investments. And it has a very simple, easy-to-understand rating system. Uh, stock is either classified as on sale 
watch or overpriced on sale would be a buy and overpriced would be a sell. And then here's one of the key features within, and I'll give you an example. If I were to go to you guys and say, hey, you need to buy Microsoft. The last thing you should do is buy Microsoft. The first thing you should do is ask why. Well, the most important page within ticker is the why page. When you click on it, it breaks everything down in layman's terms. That's one thing that ticker separates itself from other screeners is the language isn't filled with $20 words, which can be common in finance. It's very approachable, um, very simplified, if you will. And that why page breaks down all the little reasons why it's on sale, such as, I'll give you some examples, such as the sales growth rate, um, which is revenue, the, the equity growth rate, which is the, the business equity. Um, you have the EPS, that's the earnings per share. Um, cash, that's your cash on hand, like a business with great cash on hand is Apple. Um, and there's a few other variables in there, but um, yeah, and then it has a scoring system. This is where a stock has a score of, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what qualifies a stock is on sale. It's got to have a margin of safety of 50% or more, which is the uh, uh, the share price versus the sticker price. The sticker price is the value. There's a calculation that determines what a real value of a stock is. So it's got to be a margin of safety of 50% or more and a score of 10 out of 20 or more. Uh, no stock, well, I shouldn't say no stock. In the last five years, only one stock hit 20 out of 20, and that was NVIDIA in like 2017 or 18. But anyway, this scoring system uh, really allows you to remove risk. Higher the score, the less risk, safer the investment. And it's looking at the overall financial health of the business. So if you go in and you see a stock with a really high score, it's got a high margin of safety. In most cases, this is a really safe, really good investment. And it just, it, long story short, in angel investing, going back to that world, you had to do a lot of research, a lot of homework, hours, days, mm-hmm. sometimes months looking into the right business. And then you invest. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that ever again. <laughs> right. I just want a <laughs> software I can log in and I can just like know in like seconds, like, oh, okay. So that's a good investment or it's not. Like I just wanted that time on my side so I can just go out there and enjoy hobbies and do what I want to do. So now will it send me alerts if I set parameters to watch particular stocks, et cetera, if there are changes? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you add stocks to the watch list, when those stocks change between on sale watch and overpriced, you get an email notification. And that's for the the pro user. There's a few pricing plans, but the pro user gets that feature. Okay, super. So tell me a little bit about that revenue model. What's what's it look like and and what's the ticket to to entry here for the the beginning investor? Yeah, to get access to ticker. Yeah. It's a software as a service, or in other words, it's a, a subscription platform. And to join, it's free. I give everybody 14-day free trial, no credit card required, which is great. Um, so people can just get in and start playing around with it. And after 14 days, you're going to keep using it. Just add your credit card. There you go. The price points start at 29 bucks a month, and they go up to 49 right now. Super. So tell us a little bit about how you actually conceived this idea and brought it to market. What was that journey like for you? Yeah, it, the beginning, this was, like you said earlier, JC, it's, it's, uh, it was around 2015-16 is when I started playing with this idea. And what I did is I started reading as many books as I could to understand the calculations. And since I've been using Excel so long, I just started dropping in calculations into Excel and start testing. And there are a lot of equations out there that people use that do not work. And it, it was good to get like through that, understand what does work. But I mentioned his name earlier, Phil Town. He wrote two books I recommend, um, uh, Rule One, and then Payback Time is his other book. About 70% of the math that went into Ticker are pulled from those two books. It's quite a bit of calculus, mm-hmm. but I, I dropped those in and I, I started, like my first year, I made 15%. I'm like, okay, all right. So was it just luck? Well, let's just keep going. And I did this all in Excel. And to give you guys a, a little a look behind the scenes, Ticker pulls 50 data points from uh, five years of historical data to determine the overall health of the stock. So it's looking at the income statement, balance sheet, cash flow, 
I won't go too much into detail, but it's a very manual process to analyze one stock in Excel. It can take five to 10 minutes for one stock. And although this was a big time saver from previously angel investing, after years of doing that, I knew I had to turn it into software, but I'll give you a little more um, context here. I kept using this to generate returns ranging between 15 and 50% on average over four years. And I, and when that fourth year hits, that's when I started thinking about like, I've got two options. I can either create a hedge fund and, and manage people's money. Um, and I didn't want to do that because you, you only can serve so many people. Some hedge funds will serve 50 mm-hmm. people. They'll have higher net worth, some 500, whatever. But since I've been in software engineering for 15 years, I'm like, you know what? You should build a SaaS, a software as a service. You can serve people all over the mm-hmm. world. And it, it was really a no-brainer. I'm like, I'm going the software route. And there's people that question me. They're like, you know, you could probably make more money if you manage their, their funds. And I'm like, I'm not doing this for the money. Like, this is a tool that can save people a lot of time. Um, I already have other streams of income. So it's like, well, let's have fun here. Let's let's just turn this hobby, this tool. I like investing and I other people do too, um, into something that people can use. And uh, yeah, that was summer of 2019. And it took about a year to build. That brings us to summer 2020 when officially launched as, uh, as actual software. And I could get rid of the Excel sheets and <laughs> just log in and see the results right away. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That is so cool. Having been a part of Rich Dad's, like, uh, I think there was like a uh, email list or something like that that was continuously getting like all these emails and, you know, check out this webinar and, and we'll tell you the secret thing that all the big players know. And now knowing, you know, what ticker mm-hmm. is and, and really the process that you've, you know, really put into it. I mean, it's just like, well, now you don't have to wait for that uh, magic red pill anymore. <laughs> it's right there. Right. It's called ticker.pro. So cool. Uh, something else that you have going on is your, your payback mm-hmm. time podcast. And I have to admit, I'm really interested in, in listening to more of your show at this point. One of the uh, things I've noticed is that you have some really interesting guests who uh, really have some some practical advice. Uh, first off, what, what's your what's your best advice for finding great guests for your show? I mean, do you you plan out your content? Do you organize it, and then you find the guests, or or how does that how does that flow work? Well, f- fortunately, they they do come to me, and I'm I am particular because. When I interview people, I don't like dwelling on the success. Like, I like to know the pain, the, the trials and tribulations. Like, tell us the journey. Mm. And, and I don't mm. always uncover the, the pain and, and the hurdles they went over. But I try to get some of that out for the audience. Because as listeners, and I wish, I mean, in my early days, I would have had that roadmap. Like, don't do this, this, and this. Right? And, right. Right. and I try to try to do that. I have had a few people, they, they really want to, they want to sell, they want to use it as a pitch platform. And, um, it's not mm-hmm. about that. I, I was talking to you guys before the show, but audience should know this about me is I, I love movies and it's a total movie nerd and, and I love a good story. So I keep it very conversational and I like to extract their journey as like a timeline and understand right. how they got yeah. from A to B and, and kind of lay that out like a journey and try to do it within, you know, half hour to an hour. Sometimes it's a little longer, sometimes shorter, but um, try to keep it that way. So yeah, I, I kind of screen them, make sure they they can reveal some pain for the audience to understand. Hmm. Hmm. I also noticed that your your blog on on the site is actually top, top stock mm-hmm. picks uh, in a particular month. How much of these posts are your actual insight versus how much would you see out of those posts to see if you're, someone was actually using ticker? What I do is I start with ticker and I'll try to find one on sale stock and then one overpriced. And then I, when you're a ticker customer, every week you get the new weekly newsletter, which is a top stock pick, like a, like an on sale and then one overpriced and then other news about the market. But I'll take a few of those every once in a while and put them up on that blog. And it takes me about an hour or two. I'll actually look at other uh, details going on around the business, like what's going on in the news, 
what's going on in their market or their sector, if there's news with the uh, leadership, um, if it's negative. Uh, I'll, I'll try to give a little more perspective because ticker is great. You can, you can find great investments, but it's advised that. And when you join ticker, you're also advised to look into the four M's. Are you guys familiar with the four M's? I can summarize Mm-mm. those real quick. Yeah. Go for it. So the four yeah. M's are investing our margin of safety, meaning, moat, and management. Ticker does the margin of safety part for you. That's all the heavy lifting with calculus and math and all that kind of stuff. That could take people hours, if not days. Well, Ticker does that in seconds. So great. Check that box. Mm-hmm. The other three items are you can't use math. You got to use some business acumen. And so meaning, meaning is you should invest in businesses you know, right? Like I'll give you an example. I know tech businesses really well, but I do not know pharmaceuticals. So I tend to avoid pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's right. moat, which is how, how hard is the business to duplicate? You know, if it's really complex software or really like, for instance, railroads, railroads are hard to duplicate. Not saying you should go and invest <laughs> in railroads, but but think that way. Another good moat is a cash moat, like Apple has two hundred billion dollars of cash laying around for R and D. It's really hard to duplicate, <laughs> um, right? Yeah. So that's moat. And then management is the leadership, and this is looking at. Um, and when you join, you get this whole uh, checklist you can work through on your own. It's pretty fun actually, and you can. I'll give you some tips here. So if you want to know about the leader, just look them up on LinkedIn and what businesses did they work at previously? What roles did they serve? How did the stock perform those years? Um, and then mm. look into their behavior on social media. Do they do they re- remain relatively quiet? If so, that's great. If not, not so good. There's some, <laughs> I think we can all think of a certain CEO that has made comments on Twitter, but uh. <laughs> Hey, 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 I know it's always come. It's always come back. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. But um, with with the CEO role, th- there's some people, some CEOs that they get involved in politics, no matter what side you're on. Um, that's not advised because yeah. you can immediately remove half your audience. Um, right. Yeah. So those things. But anyway, if you get the margin of safety, check that box. You got on sale stock. You know, the business. You know, they're hard to duplicate and they've got a great leader. If you can go through all four, then you've got a good business. And I, I don't run through all four systematically within a blog, but I kind of tell them more about the business. I actually share tips on how to, how to read the financial statements a little bit, just kind of high level. So you're looking a little deeper um, and, and mm, okay. you know, cause a lot of people out there, they, they'll make investments based on emotions or news and, you want to look past that. You want to cut through the clutter and really what's important, what's important to look at with stocks. So I can, that's what it's kind of teaching. So. so a lot of our listeners are maybe first time investors or, or thinking about investing. How much do you think is a, a good amount of money to start using ticker effectively? Yeah, I always tell people, and that's one of the, the onboarding emails you get. It's talked about, uh, you want to start with a thousand because you want to build some confidence in yourself. You want to build some confidence with ticker. Start with a thousand bucks and invest in maybe two, three, maybe four stocks and uh, go from there. And when you start seeing some results, then start dialing that up and start allocating more cash to your broker account from there. And I know you're you're a, a long-term investor. That's that's one of the yeah. things that that you advocate. Um, why do you feel that this is really a wise strategy, especially with so much uncertainty in our world right now, um, mm-hmm. for the novice investor? Yes. So ticker, I'll give a little context here. There's four investment strategies in the stock market. There's value investing, growth stock investing. Uh, dividend investing and speculative investing. And what Ticker does is it focuses on value investing. A lot of the billionaires we respect, they they reach their millions through value investing. They didn't gamble and win big. It's the consistent returns, high returns over time. And I know that can be a tough pill to swallow for some people because I've I got a few people that are coming right out of college they want to make a million dollars tomorrow. I'm sorry, ticker's not your platform. <laughs> you you got to right. be investing. You got to be patient. But compound interest over time is just incredibly powerful um, 
is just once you start using it in your favor, as opposed to most Americans are fighting it with credit card debt. Um, but you've got yeah. interest in your favor, your game changes. I'll give a quick summary of the other, the other three. Growth stock investing are like high flyers like Tesla. They tend to keep going, even though in ticker, if you look in ticker, they are overpriced. But there are some overpriced stocks, growth stocks that just fly high because they they have a good product. They have a, um, a good leader. I'm not saying you should invest in Tesla, but there are a few out there. Apple is also overpriced. That's another growth stock. Um, dividend stocks are like, think your big blue chips, um, like Caterpillar. Um, they're not going to be high flyers and make you big returns, but they're going to pay you a dividend every quarter. So not a bad strategy. And ticker helps you out with that. It shows you dividends. And then the last category, speculative, this is where most people get caught. Um, it's the shiny object syndrome. What's on the news? And remember marijuana stocks two, three years ago? Great right. example. Yeah. Yep. Horrible business models, terrible financials, but everybody wanted in because they'd make, make their fortune. You know, Bitcoin, that's a different asset class, but that's very speculative. Um, and, uh, you know, what's going on with GameStop right now is uh, another speculative stock. Horrible financials, but <laughs> yeah. So that gives you a, <laughs> a little overview of the four. Well, I, and I go ahead. And, and, again, and, again, those, and again, those would be actually listed when when those are in ticker, it'll say which ones they are or not yet. That's a feature coming soon. We'll actually show people okay. how it's qualified. If it's a uh, actual value stock or growth stock, I have a way to do that. But first things first, ticker teaches you, you should be investing in on sale stocks and to reach an on sale rating is not easy. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. speculation okay. is something that, that is a part of the market always has been. Um, mm-hmm. And, but unfortunately a lot of, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs are pretty risk tolerant, and that's why they get into this world themselves. And if they have a little extra money to invest in someone to diversify that portfolio besides themselves, how do they keep from getting hooked on that gambling aspect of playing the market as opposed to using it as a tool for growing lasting wealth? Well, that's and not to promote it over and over, but that's where ticker comes in. It helps you cut through that clutter and understand, is a business a wise investment or is it a, a poor investment? And I, you'll like this. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I like hearing their recommendations because what I immediately do is I'll run over to ticker and, and that's like the fact check. Like uh, what they're talking, is that a good investment or not? In some cases, yes. Yeah. Some cases I'm like, oh guys, I don't know if that was such a good recommendation, <laughs> uh, right? So you want to use the tool to really, you know, tell the truth about what, what the stock is all about. So going back to that, that, that first email that people can expect mm-hmm. to you about the thousand thousand dollars, you know, I'm not saying just give all the advice that you say in there. Cause sure. I, you know, obviously I want, want people to find out, but what are some of the things that, that you do say in that, that getting started guide? So to speak. Yeah. So what the first email does is it it gives you the it's a investment guide PDF which gives you twenty investment tips that are also spread out over the next twenty emails. So you, you can just take it all in right away, or you can just uh, take it day by day. Um, there's also the four M's worksheet that goes you through, and some of the of the twenty, I'll give you a few right now. It talks about yes, the thousand dollars. It talks about how much you should allocate every month. Um, I usually tell people if you can try to go f- between 15 and, and 30% of your, your, your monthly income, if you have a job or business, whatever, is try to allocate that towards your investment portfolio um, and just keep investing. It also teaches you when to buy and when to sell. Most people don't know when to sell. Um, very simple. With ticker, it's engineered that if a stock changes from on sale to watch or overpriced, that's the time to sell. Simple enough. Um, there's, it also talks about weighted allocation. Like I'll give you my weighted allocation strategy. A lot of guys in corporate finance can over engineer this a little bit and Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger will back me up on that. But, <laughs> um, mine is simple. I take 50% of the cash that I send to my broker account, TD Ameritrade, and I let it sit in cash and I'll get to why that's important. I let it sit in cash and then I'll invest the other 50% every month. And this leads up to the most important investment strategy, which is uh, point number 20 on that list, which is called stockpiling. Stockpiling was, it's a term used by 
uh, fill town, but all the big guys use it. And you wait for a big pullback event. When the market drops, you want a bunch of dry powder, they call it, on hand, a bunch of cash. And I did that with COVID this last year. Um, so I'll, I'll let you know, I was generating uh, consistent returns, 15 to 50%. But this last year, 2020, my total portfolio, not individual stocks, my total portfolio returns were 120%. Wow. So total, total net worth over doubled in a year. But the reason is when when the market drops like it did with March and April last year because of COVID and your on-sale stocks remain on sale, guess what? You keep buying more. And you can't time. Mm -hmm. Like no software or human can predict the very bottom, like the very tip bottom. You can't. But you buy into it. Like I usually recommend buy 5% or 10% down. When your stocks keep going down, you just keep buying more. Keep buying more. And... Yeah, by by the summer, get this, by summer, I was up 80%. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't know if it's going to go any higher. And then <laughs> 120 by the end of the year. And then people ask me, are you going to be able to double that this year? And my answer is no. If we don't have a big pullback event, um, it's probably going to fall between that 15 and 50% range. I'm, I'm not, yeah. But But see, you answered a question right there that I've always wondered is like, how do the, the people that, you know, ride these waves, always have that money to invest in the dip, right? And it's because they're stockpiling yes. like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Keep keep oh. your cash. It's I I tell people this. You know, there's a lot of people out there that'll say, and you guys may appreciate this, is I'll invest when I'll. It's always something like I'll invest when I get my promotion, or I invest when I pay off this. And I had the discipline coming out of college. I wasn't making much money. And, in fact, I went five years without making much money after school because it's right through the recession. And I had the discipline to treat my investment account like I do my rent and my cell phone bill and my energy bill. Like it is a mandatory payment. I have to come hell or high water. I have to send money to that broker account. And that's the way you have to treat investing is you have to keep putting money into it and just keep some cash in there because you'll thank yourself when that stockpiling event comes. So you say you love movies, Sean. You're a big movie buff. So let's mm-hmm. let's look ahead to the coming attractions. Yes. What do you think <laughs> the future holds for you in these entrepreneurial adventures ahead for you? Well, with Ticker, I can give you a little roadmap of what's happening. Um, what's really exciting is, you know, I launched about just over six months ago, and Ticker is now fortunately global. So we've got customers in, in France, Germany, India, Malaysia, Brazil, even the Caribbean, uh, customers out of Jamaica. And a big part of it is there's not screeners in these countries that are, if there are, they're not easy to use. And that's the feedback I'm getting. So so I'm on this roadmap to expand Ticker globally. And next week, we're releasing non-U.S. stocks. Right now, there's about 4,000 U.S. stocks in it, but I'll be able to bring on non-U.S. That's a big deal. We've got um, iPhone and Android apps coming out this year. So that that's the roadmap. It's uh, and the end goal is I want to partner with some kind of global broker. Like um, some of the names out there are First Trade and Interactive Brokers. They serve they're like uh, TD Ameritrade, but they serve multiple countries. Um, and really think big like that. That's so. great. Wow! Wow! That I, I, that's some nice, actually solid plans. I like it. That's you usually don't get those kinds of answers, especially this last year. Right. So that's yeah, that's awesome. Um, as we're closing up shop with this conversation, uh, was going into the rapid fire questions. And as we said at the beginning of the show, um, before the show, that we'll ask them quickly, mm-hmm. but you can take as much time to answer them. Um, and, and you know, if you need put in more context in there, that's, that's absolutely sure. okay. Uh, first question is, uh, what are your three favorite influential podcasts being that you're a fellow podcaster? Yeah. So I can tell you, uh, I, I'm just jumping on my phone here cause I've, I've probably subscribed to like 20, but I love Motley Fool Money. I also like Masters of Change with Reed Hoffman. And I also like a, a fun one that's more entertainment based is actually Smartless. It's uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. They interview other celebrities. It's uh, candid conversations. It's a ton of fun. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I haven't nice. heard that one. 
Yeah. In the last five years, what new belief or behavior or habit has had the most impact on your life? I love that question. One thing I had to change is with my background of entrepreneurship and and building businesses, because I've, I've been part of other tech startups and built businesses, there was this notion of, you know, what's in it for me as well? Like you got to serve your customers, but I was thinking about, okay, this is my goal. This is what I want to do with this business. And, and to be honest with you, probably over the last five years, I kind of coached myself and this is going to sound weird, but building a tech business is that a uh, tech business that serves the world. You got to come at it from hundred percent selfless standpoint. And once I could completely remove my emotions from the business and, and really say, there's no value in this for me. Like I'm literally what the customers want. I'm going to give them and, and approach it that way. Um, special things start happening. And I was able to do that. It took a lot of coaching, but I don't know what tipped me that direction. It wasn't like an individual person. I just listened to a lot of podcasts, read a lot of books. And I think I just, I don't know, kind of put the puzzle together. But selfless is the, is the word that uh, I always try to remind myself when I wake up every day. It's not for me. It, it, re- it really helps to be able to uh, deep dive on, on asking and, and idea extraction when you're doing yeah. SaaS development, yeah. for sure. Uh, next question, if you were to go uh, any place in the world... Um, put an ad out there, what would that be? I think that our world is, um, there's too much instant gratification and that's one thing. And there's also an issue with uh, social media causing a lot of uh, anxiety and there's envy, envy and jealousy and greed. I don't think social media has been, been great. So maybe some kind of ad that says, um, if you find any anxiety or any pain, obviously, what is the rule? You got to have seven words or less on, on a billboard, <laughs> but I'm going to break that rule here. Mm-hmm. But something along the lines of if there's any stress or anxiety or any notion of uh, envy, like that's the moment when you you turn off or delete social media. And I have some friends in my uh, close friends circle. They actually got rid of Facebook and Twitter and right. And, and their life has changed because of it. Yeah, I um, recently finally got around to watching The Social Dilemma, which is a documentary mm. on Netflix. And and I highly recommend, since you're in this ass world, that you, you check it out. It actually has several interviews um, with people that had been past executives of these large companies and why they've stepped back wow. and don't even allow their kids to partake in it anymore. And yeah. It's it's very eye opening for sure. <laughs> no, that's great advice. I uh, I got that's on my Netflix watch. I'm just everybody's disappointed at me now. You're the movie guy, and you're not. You haven't seen that documentary yet, so yeah, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an eye opener. You can you can relate to everything that's going on politically to what they even predicted in that documentary. So. Gotcha. All right, the next question, and last one from me, Sean. What is something that most people don't realize is a huge waste of money? New cars. Oh, but they smell Mm. so good. (laughs) Never. First year (laughs) depreciation, 20%, and then 15% every year thereafter. Don't do it. Buy something that's two, three years old. Or if you're a used car person like myself, yeah. I mean, I my my newest project car is a Magnum, okay. which the last one they built were like in seven, eight, I want to okay. say. And yeah, you know, that, that one, I'm going to fix it up into a, a nice little uh, hot rod. Nice. But Good hobby. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so anyway, uh, let's see here. Um, final question. What's the secret to achieving personal freedom? Consistency. If you're, if you're driving towards a goal, you got to be consistent every day moving towards it. Whether it's, if it's real estate, how you build your real estate portfolio, if it's investing in stocks or building your business, 
you got to be, you don't have to, I said I'm anti-hustle. Yes, I don't put in a huge amount of time, but you want to be consistently focused on it every day and just don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah. And don't get too, too distracted by everything that's going on. Otherwise your, your capacity just becomes zilch. Right. Yes. There's a difference. You can, you can be totally disciplined, but if you're, fo- if that discipline is not in- involved with a focus, mm-hmm. right, then you're never really going to get much of right. anywhere. So awesome. Love it. Well, Sean, this has been a, a quick discussion and definitely, uh, inform- informative, um, I, I like, I want to step in a ticker, like almost right away. <laughs> um, again, your the, the website itself, uh, is ticker.pro ticker spelled T Y K R dot pro. Uh, again, the, the podcast in your blog of awesome stock tips and insight from yours, from yourself, uh, can be fi- found at paybacktime.pro. Uh, where can people find you on the socials if they can? Probably the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. Just just type my name in the search bar there, Sean Tepper. There's not too many. Rare name. Yep, that's the best way to find right. me. And then and Twitter is at Sean Tepper, but I don't really, I guess, you know, you could you could DM me, but uh, LinkedIn is probably the best platform, social. Awesome. awesome. Sean, many happy returns. Well, thank you, guys. Appreciate you having you on, man. It was, it was good. Very informative. Yeah. Great that. questions. Thanks for your time, guys. Oh, there you guys have it. If you've been trying to figure out how to get started in the stock market to make long-term ongoing income, I hope you look into this platform like I have. I'm just simply amazed with all the work that Sean's put into it, and I'm truly impressed and looking forward to do more of a deep dive in this thing in the not-too-distant future. If you want to learn more about the platform itself or hear more from Sean on where it actually came from, I have you covered in the show note extras. First, in the conversation, we briefly talked about the backstory of where Ticker came from, and if you want to hear more about that, uh, the first video is for you. And then next up, Sean shares with us a demo of the platform itself and how to use it. Uh, it actually seems as uh, straightforward as it sounded in the interview, believe it or not. And then finally, I wrap it up with a couple of interviews of Sean, one with Brian B of the Why We Work uh, podcast. And then there's one with Giuseppe Grammatico, the franchise guide. Both are great conversations. And if you want to hear Sean break down uh, the four different investment strategies a little bit more and the approach that he's he's taken to investing during the uh, the lockdowns of 2020, then, you know, there's a little bit more in-depth conversation with uh, those two guys. So plenty of great tips, again, from Sean to wrap things up. So that all said, that is a wrap for Session 197. Be sure to check out the new and improved Fizzle. Lots of great things going on over there, and I want to make sure that you lock into your price if you've been on the fence about joining up. Uh, get started again today at newinceptions.com slash fizzle. So again, with that said, thanks for spending some time with Sean, Andy, and me. And until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care of whatever you're creating. And we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash new inceptions, on Twitter at new inceptions, Instagram at new dot inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.